It's episode nine of the Improv London podcast with this week's guest, Jacqueline Black. This ain't gonna be easy. Welcome to episode nine. It will come as no surprise to regular listeners to learn that I particularly enjoyed speaking to this week's guest. Jack and I talk about all sorts of things, including who is always going to be her first girl crush. We're going to hear about how she she was set on the road to musical improv and how the Maydays helped shape her destiny at Osho Lila. We'll also talk a little bit about psychology, fight club and theatre sports. I think having a bath is, is the least that sort of least partner it. can expect when a podcast is being recorded. I think I know, well, it would be churlish of me to deny cleanliness to anybody. Well, and do you think maybe it would add a little something to the atmosphere to know that there's um, someone floating in a bathtub nearby? I mean, I think I might find that quite distracting. Um, but, it's true. You know, it's true. I'm a, I'm, I was going to say I'm a professional, but I'm really not paid for this anyway. <laughs> How are you? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my traces off. That sounds, that, sounds, uh, that sounds good, yeah? Yeah. Um, so, I thought, well, we've already started. Yeah, I, I saw the clock moving. Because, you know, sometimes there's gold before we start recording. And then you've lost it. And then we've lost it. I mean, in this case, it hasn't really I don't happened. know, talking about my husband going for a bath is not oh, that's quite comedy good. gold. Well, I, I don't know. That seems, you know... I don't know. It'll, quite... it'll leave listeners with a sort of... Mental picture or something. Yes. I don't like to think what, but... Well. <laughs> no, well, yes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm slightly flustered. That's, oh, that's marvellous. No, Is no, that... it's good. It's good. It's <laughs> okay. good. It's, it's, it's strange we get to talking about naked people this early on. Normally, it's... I didn't mention nudity. Oh, see, so he, 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 he has his long johns, quite, yeah. Oh, see, uh, right, fair enough. Yeah. That's the thing. Right, lovely. We're very British in this household. Well, that's that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so, uh, what I thought we'd talk about tonight... Okay. Uh, ...is anything you like. Uh-huh. Um, but, mm, starting off with talking about improv... Sure. ...how you got into it, yeah. what you like about it, what you mm-hmm. don't like, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Okay, cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... Uh, how did you discover improv? Um, how did I discover improv? I I um have always done acting. Mm-hmm. I think I acted my first role when I was three. Right, and what was that? Um, it was Little Red Riding Hood, and I had the lead, okay. and I sang in it. Marvelous. I know, precocious. Well, but, um, <laughs> yeah, and I had to fake crying. I remember as well, oh. and actually I did it. A bit too convincingly, and some of the mothers thought I thought I had fluffed my lines and <laughs> was actually upset I'm, about it. I'm acting, darling. I'm no, acting. It's all right. It's all, on the stage. I was lost in the woods as Little Red Riding Hood, and I was in character. Yes. So there you go. I must have been uh, reasonably <laughs> convincing as a three-year-old. So you you were very method, very much of that school oh, from a very early age. I don't know. I think there's certain things that you can fake quite easily when you're three, and I think crying's probably one of them. <laughs> the other one that I used to do was um, fall asleep when I didn't want to go somewhere. <laughs> so it used in in the eighties uh, um, <laughs> in my childhood, um, it was perfectly permissible to leave your kids in the car and go shopping in Sainsbury's or the equivalent of. How times and, have changed. Um, I know how times have changed. Um, you wouldn't even leave dogs in the car necessarily anymore. Um, but I, I used to get very bored by shopping. Fair enough. And so when when I was with a mile or two and I started recognising the signs that we were going to go into the supermarket, I started like faking really heavy eyes and like <laughs> nodding off to sleep. And then even when my mum would like shake me to get out of the car, I'd just pretend that I was asleep. And I think, I, sh- I don't think she was ever convinced by it. I think that she just gave up and thought, well, I can't be bothered, I'm just going to leave her here. So she just locked me in the car. And um, I had a great time. I enjoyed my own company. So it was, it was ideal for me. And I didn't, I have a, a younger brother who's a year and a half younger than me. Um, I know younger brothers are pains really for their older siblings so I was quite happy being in a locked car <laughs> in, a, in a Sainsbury's car park while they trotted around the shops and yeah. did all that business 
So that that was the start of my acting, <laughs> in my acting life, and I enjoyed it very much. Um, uh, and it did you know all sorts of different productions, um, throughout my life. And then there came a point where, um. I, I always felt frustrated, I think, because um, I had to learn a script. Right. And um, I, I, I was always a slightly sort of paranoid person in that a script um, had a set um, words, you know, obviously, in, in, a, in a certain order to be said. And sometimes there were even directions as to how to say them. And um, I used to get so wound up about getting them correctly um speaking the words correctly you know making sure that i didn't um fluff them because also there's the things that they are your lines are cues for other people so if you don't get them correct then you know it's messing up for someone else and um it 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 always had the added pressure that i didn't like in that um it i didn't feel very free um about you know portraying a character because i always had to um, ha- there was an element of it that always had to be correct. In my mind, I'm sure there are other actors who just don't care whether they say the right <laughs> things in the right order and all that sort of stuff. But for me, um, I felt like I would have been letting the site down if I didn't do it. So um, I was a member of the Actors Centre and had done some courses there. And I can't really remember which came first. It's kind of cart or horse. Um, but at roughly the same time, I was lucky enough to do a day's improv with Carrie Ad Lloyd oh, right, in yes. the Actor Centre. Um, and I discovered um, Steve's Hoopla drop-in in Balham, as it was at the time, on a Saturday. And, um, I mean, Carrie Ad's my, always going to be my first girl crush um, <laughs> in improv. She's just wonderful. Um, and... It doesn't matter whether you've been doing improv for a long time or if you've literally just walked through the door. Um, as a teacher, she gives you a lot of confidence right. that right from the start, um, you can be improvising and there's you know, and what you were doing is, um, is the real thing, is yeah. the real deal. It's not like, um, and it was just a lot of fun this one day. Um, so much so that I came back and did it again, yeah. um, with a different set of people. Um, and I remember coming out of it thinking, there must be this, there must be more to it. She she must have put together some sort of really clever mix of games that made me think that I could do improv. Um, but really, there must be something more to it. Um, but both times I went, I went and I had a really great time, and I felt like um, we you know we came up with really great creative stuff. Um, and at, at about t- at the same time, I was going to Steve's weekly drop in. And Steve was, is really clever about his um, the way that he programs his courses as well. So if when we went to the drop-in, there was always a theme or something interesting. And, um, you know, he has um, all his background in clowning and um, he would tell us really interesting stuff about like, all the roots of it in terms of the Commedia dell'arte and all that sort of stuff. And again, it was just a lot of fun. And it was a completely different mix of people every time. And um, it was just, it, it, by the end of them, it, there's something chemical happens at the end of a class. It doesn't matter, like I said, it doesn't matter whether you've literally just walked through the door or you're, you've been doing it 10 years. Um, there is something that releases endorphins about um, improv. Um, and that sort of camaraderie and all that sort of stuff is, is part and parcel of that. And it kind of makes you feel, for a little while at least, a bit superhuman. Like, um, you know, we're coming up with, you know, Shakespeare stuff, you know, this is, this is the drama of, of, of the age, you know, that's coming up and it's, um, in a very good way, entirely disposable. So if it goes horribly wrong, (laughs) as it has done for me on occasion, um, (laughs) uh, you still, you still come away with that feeling of, oh, I remember all the good bits. Yes. <laughs> and all on that scene that we did that was, you know, really interesting and this, that and the other. Um, yeah, loved it. Loved it from the start, I think. And I think that was down to the teachers that I yeah. that I had and have had, con- uh, you know, consequently as well. Yes. Have you heard of uh, Sarah Millican's 11 o'clock rule? No, I haven't. Oh, it's um, if uh, you're not allowed to uh, beat yourself up about a show 
after 11 o'clock the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a wonderful it's rule. It's a good rule, isn't I it? I think yes. we should all adopt that. We should all adopt that, In yes. every walk of life. Every walk of life. <laughs> well, just, yeah. sometimes there's times you should feel shame. Well, not often, though. I don't <laughs> well, think. yeah, but if you've no. done something really bad. What, like? What have you know. done, Stuart? I did some really bad improv on Monday. <laughs> did you? Uh, is that, it's after 11 o'clock on Tuesday, though, so know, you can't beat yourself up I'm, about it. I'm not beating myself up okay. about it anymore, but yeah. I was like, um, uh, it was uh, it was in a jam, and I find jams are really difficult. Yes, they can Yeah, they can be. I understand that, yeah. So um, I was like, that, that wouldn't have been good material if, anyway. Yeah, there's, but there's bad and there's really bad. I mean, I dug a complete hole for myself at the Edinburgh Festival. Um, I was there this year with Wax Lyrical and yeah. we were doing um, a set at the Nursery Theatre, um, their venue. And there was one night, we'd had some really great shows, and, and one night somebody gave a suggestion of Germany. And, <laughs> yeah, you can see where this is going. Yeah. Germany's a wonderful country mm. with a wonderful history with lots and lots of different things. Yes. But almost immediately, oh. I had endowed myself as being a Nazi commander of Auschwitz and the person across from me is Goebbels or Goebbels, however you pronounce it. I think it's Goebbels, and I just yeah. and then I started singing a song about how much I hated the prisoners. And I thought Whoa. I used to be, you know, I think I was better at improv when I started <laughs> than when I've been doing it for a few years. But I think, I think it happens to, I hope it happens to the best of us that um, it takes a really clever person <laughs> to good, you know, to, to get out of that. Um, yes. I've just started doing my solo show as well, an improvised audience with, um, which is a solo musical show where we um uh, every every night we have we create a, a singing celebrity and the style that's singing and all this sort of stuff and i thought i would do a christmas special like um and include like a charity so song and what what i did is i got people to write down suggestions of what they think they didn't there wasn't enough charity sh songs about at christmas and you will never in a million years guess which card i pulled out and continued to sing about rather than rejecting and going on to what topic do you think wouldn't be very Christmassy? Um, well, I'm the least Christmassy person ever, so right. most things... Uh, oh, no, I'm talking about, like, the worst one that could possibly be picked out. I, I, I'm, I'm going to... Um, oh, no, I'm programmed as an improviser to yes and you. I, <laughs> yeah, I can't, on, I can't hand it back. No. I have to... What's what the least Christmassy thing? Oh no, the, no, no. the the worst thing that you the worst charity that you could raise money for uh, at Christmas time. Oh no, because there are so many terrible. Th oh, just, it's got to be if it's topical. It's someone's got to have said ISIS. Yes, yes. that was okay. it. And I and I did. It's the new pineapple in uh, improv suggestions. Or spatula. Yeah. Except it's a bit Film more. Noir. Yeah, yeah, a bit more potent in the whole thing. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, that's the whole the whole church has to be there you know the whole choir has to be singing so every suggestion has to be valid doesn't it yes um well think... yes anyway i'm gonna yes that for a minute yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to end it you can just yes <laughs> yeah. it um i but i think and i think sometimes i know that i'm a bit timid about um suggestions and things and going oh i don't know and then at other times i find myself digging as i say a massive hole for myself <laughs> and i'm hoping at one point in you know in my improv life it will kind of even out <laughs> so that i can take a hard or what i deem to be a hard yes. suggestion like september the 11th or you know whatever yes. and do something that is actually meaningful yes and kind of um yeah hopefully meaningful and that people will think right okay she handled handled that in a way that I I feel good about. Yes. Was this at Duck Duck Goose? Was this the? Yes, it was. Yeah. Right. And... The story's already the reputation has already preceded me. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just I uh, I was just getting just getting the facts. Yes, yes, that's right. I was just you know just mm -hmm. trying to. <laughs> I know which improviser gave it to me as well. So, but I'm not going to say on air who they are. You know who you are. <laughs> Right, I don't know who that is, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, how did you deal with um, singing? A, a, okay, what we should probably do is for people who haven't seen it, yeah. explain how the format of the show is and right. how, how it works, what you do. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued to know how you dealt 
with ISIS as a well, topic. Probably not very cleverly, but anyway. Um, I have a suggestion for dealing with ISIS suggestions, by the way. If it ever comes up again, yeah, I will use it. Yeah, it probably then. will. Yeah. Um, this is a, a Jules Munns suggestion because it came up at... Where did it come up? It was coming up in some conversation. Yeah. Um, and apparently ISIS have much better promotional videos... They do, yeah. than ...than, say, Al-Qaeda. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this is what Jules said, and it wasn't just a weird improv dream that I have. Because <laughs> I have... I have quite a lot of weird... Well, I think it's weird that I have improv dreams. Yes. They're not necessarily weird improv in the dreams. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I do quite a lot. Yeah. And I think I get more value for money from the classes that I go to because sometimes I then uh, experience them again in my dreams. Oh. When yeah. I was interviewing Jules for a previous episode of this, yeah. Yeah. I had a dream about interviewing him. And did you come up with some really groovy questions? Or not microphone? really. No, it wasn't, it wasn't helpful in that way. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and the only other useful thing about dreams is I used to have, um, those kind of panic dreams about being on stage and not knowing what the words were. Yes. Yeah. But now since having done improv, I now have the skills to make some words up. So that's no longer an anxiety dream for me. So that's, that's solved that particular issue. I've only ever had one improv dream that I can, I can think. And it, and it was recently because, um, it was an anxiety dream about doing this solo show. This is the first solo show I've done and. Um, first solo musical show I've done as well and um, I just remember that one of my other or a composite of all my girl crushes um, improv um, girl crushes was telling me I was rubbish at improv basically oh no Um, which was kind of yeah it was kind of upsetting really Um, but yeah (laughs) I don't yeah I don't have a joke about that that's just what it was it's alright because we can make the audience cry as well as laugh. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think. Don't cry for me over my improv dream. I think it's fine to feel these emotions, and there's, there's going to be people listening going, that must have been awful. Yeah. Some people might maybe have had that dream themselves. Yes. It might be like the, you know, forgotten yeah. that you've got an exam the next day dream, yeah. or yeah. Um, usually when I have an anxiety dream I did talk to some other improvisers about this and I was surprised by how many of them also have this dream was um I'm spitting out all of my teeth oh you know? right so um I don't know what that's about <laughs> <laughs> I just I worry about losing my teeth oh, <laughs> doesn't make me floss but you know <laughs> never mind <laughs> we're learning we're learning lots tonight yeah. so yeah explain for those who haven't yeah. seen the show explain the format so, of the show right an improvised audience with is uh, my one uh, woman show and basically what I do is I spend a minute um, at the top of the show getting lots of information about uh, the singing celebrity that um, is going to be you know manifest through me um, during uh, during the night and so um, I get uh, suggestions around you know the genre that they sing that they're famous for I get their name from the audience. I get all of their song titles that are going to be heard that uh, during the set from the audience. Um, what else? I get. I have like a little dressing up box, and uh, and I, I cast somebody in the audience as the wardrobe designer, and so they go through through all the stuff, random stuff I've got in there, and choose the signature accessory of this person. And um, and the lovely Mr. Tom Hodge um, accompanies me. And then uh, we gather all that information. There's a bit of a transformation scene. <laughs> and uh, I turn around as the person and try and embody them. Uh, we do sometimes... Well, it's been different. Um, well, we've done it twice now. It's been different uh, both times. Uh, mainly it's, it's, um, it's uh, three or four songs um, that are all titles that the audience has given us that they're famous for. Um, and my favourite song we've had so far that we started the first one with was The Safety Net of Being a White Middle-Aged Man, <laughs> which, which was so much fun uh, to sing about. Um, and consequently, I went on um, to discuss, um, you know, my religious beliefs. You know, I'm a um, deeply Christian um, singer that night um, who believed that Jesus was a white middle-class man. Um, so that all kind of tied up quite nicely. Um, yeah, the important thing for me is really about the connection with the audience. 
and that it is their creation as much as it is mine. Yeah. Um. So I'll I'll you know sing songs around it and do this backstory. Um. Done a bit of Q and A as well. Um. And it's just it's a lot of fun. Um. Because you you're learning as you go along as well, and and that was what I wanted to kind of find for myself, I guess, because there's something slightly inherently selfish about improv. Um, I mean, we we do do it a little bit for our own gratification, but um, I think most of us also do it because we want to entertain other people as well. Um, how that split goes down, I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah. So. When you say selfish, what do you I mean, mean? Yeah, I mean, um, I think there's no one who improvises who doesn't want to be seen um, and to be, um, I don't know, liked or admired um, for doing something that I think is other people view as quite inherently difficult. Are there not some people that take classes and never perform? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then I suppose it's a scalability thing as well, because I think people who take classes have a ready-made audience as well. It's not as if yes. um, they're doing it in a darkened room <laughs> where no one can see them. Well, maybe they are, but yeah. we just don't know oh. because the room is dark. Well, that's true. Acting in the dark. It's like a single hand clapping, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't, Well, I mean, I think I use the word selfishly in a, slightly, in a facetious way. Um, because I I think actually out of a lot of performance disciplines, improv is is an inherently unselfish thing because there's such an element of teamwork in it. But I think that doesn't negate the fact that we all like like to be laugh, you know, to get a laugh or to make people think or um, whatever your stick is. You're looking for a human connection, and I think right, yes. that. Uh, in in that way it is it is about you yes um because it's your connection with the audience your connection with your team members if you have them yes your connection with others yeah. and i think that's important um it's certainly why why i do it is to to understand my connection to other people and hopefully to get better at connecting with people as well yes um so what so, so what inspired you to to go solo? Was there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was a deep breath, wasn't it? <laughs> I think um, I. There's I, only I, so much stage. Yeah, there's only so much stage time, and I I want it all to myself. <laughs> um, I think, I think people. What I've noticed about the improv community is that there's a tendency amongst them to always be developing and pushing themselves a little bit more yeah um and i think that that's true of, of of me as well um i went to osho lila um in spring of this year um and that was the first time i had been and the first time i think they'd run it as a kind of a um less of a pick and pick and mix try lots of things out and more as a looking at you and developing you and the, and the maidies are very um, aware um, and very astute at sizing people up and, and being able to celebrate what they are at what you know the skills that they have did they tell you that everyone else was holding you back yeah basically yeah get rid of them yeah. lose lose mr munns told me that did he uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> backed up by men's shoot really no <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm like, I'm like right super perceptive. You know? I was like, like super, yeah, super perceptive. perceptive. I can yeah. just like, you know, just have to like imagine yeah. them and then I can just say their wisdom. <laughs> you were definitely ch- channeling me day wisdom there. Well done. <laughs> uh, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no um, I think I did start talking about it at Oshulila simply because I felt like, that I find that scary, and I and at the end of the day, I think that's the best reason to do something. But as long as it's not the only reason. It, no, <laughs> yeah. if it's the only reason, then quite frankly, you probably need to speak to a therapist. <laughs> um, but if it's scary and exciting, yes. and and um, you're I you have to kind of be a little bit in love with your idea. I mean, I'm completely besotted by my idea, and I 
you know, I feel like I'm just at the very beginning of it and there's so many, many ways I want to develop it into yes. something bigger. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that, I don't think, if people hadn't turned around to me and said, yeah, just go and do it because you need to do it because you've talked about this. Yeah. Um, and I did, you know, I, um, people look at me and don't think that I'm a shy person, but I think um, as <laughs> even though I'm an extrovert in a lot of ways, there are still things that make me shy. And I think um, that's what's interesting about um, all all improvisers as well. Um, yes. I'm probably making crass generalisations here, just based. That's what I. Yeah, I just wave, you can't see that Stuart's just waving his hand over I'm, all I'm, improvisers. I'm absolutely yes. <laughs> in, in a sort of very Christmassy yes. fashion. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I think that. Um, you were going now. to generalise about all gonna, improvisers and their, their There's so many ways that I could natures. have done them. No, because, um, I think the, the interesting thing about the community, certainly in London, which is what I have experience of, is that it is a, a mixture of every single type of person. Yes. It's not all extroverts. Um, yes. There are as many people who, um, and I'm a psychologist, well, my background's in psychology, so Brilliant. I don't use the words extrovert and introvert lightly. Um, there are people who get their best ideas by running them out loud with other people, which is what extrovert. Extravision is extravision. Being extrovert, superpower. And it's extravision. I've got extravision. Yeah, Star Wars. Um, and then uh, introverts who are people who like to take an idea away and think about it before before they talk it through with other people and maybe think of it in more detail. And both they exist in in every form uh, in this wonderful performance art. Um, and I think I for me. to find something that I was really scared of that I, I, I provoked a, an emotional reaction like that I think more than anything else quite unusual for me yeah um I, so I had to do it basically and it's an it, it it's taken me a while to build up my confidence to do it yeah um because you know I initially thought of the idea in February um and I didn't really I didn't do my first performance until November right so um that's probably due to a bit of perfectionism on my part and I didn't want to <laughs> just chuck something out there, which yeah. um, I would totally advocate if, if you're willing to do that. That's a good way of doing it. Um, I wanted to speak to different people. I wanted to, um, coaching and all that sort of stuff on the idea. Um, so, yeah, it's it's out there now. The monster is out of its cage. <laughs> Pandora has opened the box. And um, I'm afraid it's probably never going to climb back in again. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> in a good way, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how, did you, uh, how did you discover musical improv? Musical improv um, was, I did the Mades. I did two courses with, um, Jules and Katie um, and uh, you know loved them the way that I had loved my introduction to it I mean musical improv is one of those things that you think you think with improv right you're, your brain's just overloaded now and you just there's there's no possible way that it can get worse than this <laughs> and then you add music into the mix and you're like I am so overloaded that I am actually probably more productive now because I am not I, I'm a worrier, and um, I uh, with mu- music, <laughs> how does it sound, you know, is it har- harmonious to what's been uh, on the accompaniment is doing, what are the lyrics, are there going to be rhymes, what's the song structure, um, what's the character, what's their relationship with others, what's their backstory, there's so much going on that I just don't even worry, and it's, it's so refreshing, because, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm involved with a few other groups, um, I've got my uh, in the freeform team record um and from next year I'll be doing theater sports as well cool. um uh, so I'm looking forward to doing those things and I think and and that diversity I think is is the great thing but the, um musical theater um I had a, a vehement hatred of actually um I I thought it was all excuse the phrase tits and teeth and I and I thought it wasn't very authentic or organic um, but then I've told you about being three and being in a musical at three. So some part of me has <laughs> some child within me 
thinks that music and characterization and all these other good things go together in some way. Um, so that's kind of what um, kind of sprung me off in that direction. And again, I, I put it down um, in terms of getting the confidence up to do things to, to the teachers that we have. Um, I mean, Joe's and Katie and, um, you know, all of the different teachers over the years that um, I've, you know, been privileged enough to have, um, have always been building up that confidence. And I think it's interesting now because I think it's happening on a community-wide level. There are now large volumes of people who have gone to an improv class with whoever, you know, I've been to Spontaneity Shop, I've been to you know, free association and all that stuff. Um, and they're, they're, um, they're all inspiring people and co making people confident. And I think that's half the battle, really. Yes. Um, because if people are confident, they'll try things out. Yeah. Try things that they think are inherently dangerous, you know, socially embarrassing or, um, you know, turning yourself into an, a Nazi and uh, squashing... Jewish prisoners, you know, not it, it might be that nothing good comes out of it, <laughs> but the fact that you've done it and you failed it, and then you try something else um, that isn't so socially unacceptable, <laughs> um, and you think, well, that didn't go right, but at least it wasn't as bad as the time that I was a Nazi commander in Auschwitz. <laughs> oh, I'm just never gonna live that down. I think I keep bringing it up as well. I should maybe just let it die. And yeah, maybe that's part of the guilt it. thing. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, a collective guilt, improv yeah. guilt over it. So, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's also just a really exciting time to be in London and doing improv. I mean, having all of these great um, teachers coming over from America, um, like I've um, uh, been, I did the intensive with um, Susan Messing and um, Ms. Mason as well. How was that? It was amazing. Um, not least because there was such a mix of improvisers doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, people of all levels were doing it. And um, I think, yeah, I think the, the thing is that it breaks up what the norm is. Um, I think, you know, sometimes Brits are accused of being a bit too talking head about it, you know, standing exactly three feet from each other and chatting as improvisers. Um, and so you just need to get shaken up by someone whose background is not that and who enjoys, you know, the physicality of it or the scene work and all that sort of stuff. And I want to say I feel like a kid in a candy shop, you know, my eyes get bigger and bigger as I see all of these these um, teachers that I'd love to you know, spend <laughs> some time with. I've been over to Chicago as well, to Second City, and I would love to go, go back and you know, experience I.O. and the annoyance and... You know, go to Montreal and do all of these things. Um, if anybody wants to sponsor me to do that, um, please just write into Stuart and he'll pass your details on. Um, <laughs> but that's it. it. You know, it's like I guess it's it's all the best things of of, of the greatest hobby. In as much as you do a bit and you just want to keep, do more and you just want to get better and yes. all that sort of stuff and you you want to be with people who are complementary to you. Yes. And, uh, I have great t team dynamics and that sort of stuff as well. Yes, mm. yes, um, it's the uh, yes, it's it's a sort of social activity that is very communal, and you feel that you get to know people more quickly than if you were doing something that was less interactive. So if you're going to an improv class, you're interacting mm. with you know everyone there, and mm. even though you're tending to be someone else it's still I don't know you still I still feel that you get to know people more quickly mm. um, and especially if when you're doing musical improv because yeah. that's um, because with the music there's the heightened emotion mm -hmm. um, and also there's the vulnerability of singing I mean mm. how yeah. often you know in modern society I think singing is frowned upon yeah. and mm -hmm. you know I think so many people are told as children that they can't sing and it's yeah. just who who gives you the right to tell a child or anyone that they can't sing? No. It's just, no. you know. There's something in, inherently joyful about singing as well. I, and it's it's kind of like, um, even if you're singing a sad song or, um, you know, an angry song or a negative emotion, 
every almost every song has emotion of some quality in it um and i think there's something very cathartic about that um and i I, yeah i think that's another step on for me on my my journey journey. (laughs) flutter flutter (laughs) um and it is the um i can be quite a reticent sort of performer i think Hmm. um and as much as um my default is to be stupid rather than <laughs> uh, rather than express emotion, and um, I I can't get away with that musical improv, yeah. um, because people expect songs to have an uh, emotional quality. Um, Mister <laughs> Mister Jules once went and once told me um, or pointed out the fact that I I was physically backing away out of a scene I was uncomfortable with <laughs> because it required some emotion. <laughs> yeah, actually, I had taken about three steps before he said stop. <laughs> um, and it's and it's true at some level, um, improv can be deeply uncomfortable and musical improv most of all because of the element of all of those old ghosts of you know mean old teachers and all that yeah. um, baggage that we all carry um through life and um, those horrible critical voices um but i also think it's a, it's an opportunity to face up to them and, and examine them yes. and say right okay so my negative voice is telling me that i'm rubbish at this Actually, my negative voice is saying things that I would never say to another person or yeah. another improviser. Yeah. So it gives you an opportunity, kind of like, it's kind of like therapy in that respect. You have to examine those voices and say, do I really believe that I am as rubbish as Mr. Smith told me, yes. uh, you know, when I was seven years old yes. at singing? Yes. No, I don't. Um, and even if I do, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So boo sucks to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to to what's his name from, from when I was seven, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. I think it's a cathartic sort of thing. I think improv's a kind of cathartic thing too. Yeah. And even even if you sing badly, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's it like, doesn't. As long yeah. as you commit to it. Yeah. As long as you go for it. Yeah. And the audience isn't worried about you. Yeah. Um, you know, someone singing enthusiastically but badly can be hugely entertaining. I, I they I tend to steal the show. Yeah. I, I find that I mean I don't think I've ever come across someone who I deem to sing badly. No. Um I, I in my mind, singing badly is someone who's not committing to it, you yes. know. Yes. Um, you know, some of the most riotous comical songs that I I've heard have been people who have more or less been speaking, yeah, um, and then adding the occasional sort of note to it, <laughs> um, and they have been fantastic. I mean, we've done we've done musical improv courses together yes. as well, and um, yeah, people can really steal the show, and people you wouldn't necessarily, from your past experience yes. with them, um, know that we're going to steal the show. I mean, it's it's. Fascinating and surprising and wonderful in that respect. Yes. Um, and, um, and one of the things I like about it is that uh, improv, uh, it, it actually it retcons my life in that there are all these periods of my life where I feel that I was wasting my time and I was unproductive. <laughs> but it turns out that it was just preparation for improv. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Um, you know, whether, you know, because I... I'm just going to have a glass of water. Do. Shall I cover for you? Musical interlude. And he's back. (laughs) And I'm back. (laughs) I was saying, you know, I spent a lot of time failing to be in the band properly. And I, you know, Mm. I tried to form bands and, you know, they never really got anywhere. Um, but it turned out that all that time I spent, you know, trying to make up songs mm. actually turned out to be a really good preparation ah, for musical improv. Yeah. So uh, it's all worked um, out. I wondered, I wondered about that. Um, and this kind of feeds in, I know that there are discussions in various places about gender and improv and, and the split between that. Um, and I think when I look at little kids, um, I see li- little boys... Um, get into you know knowing a hundred facts about dinosaurs yes. and, and getting into playing 
in what I I deemed <laughs> to be on a par with that. And as much as um, you know, they're never going to be um, in, in the fields of dinosaurs, but they're acquiring skills by you know learning a yes. hundred different Latin names for Diplodocus or whatever it is. Yes. I don't even know if that's right, but anyway. Um, whereas girls, I suppose, are encouraged towards more. So well, certainly when I grew up, it was more sort of social skills in terms of you know you would make your dollies talk to each other and you know you would be I don't know expected um not <laughs> no I'm digging myself another Nazi commander hole here but um when I was a kid um I used to play with like Cindy's and Barbies and My Little Ponies and all it would all be about looking after them and. I suppose practicing, I guess, what would be a seem to sort of maternal instinct and looking after people, making sure everyone's okay and that sort of stuff. Um, Now, I don't believe for one second that all men are one thing and all women are the other. Um, But it's interesting to me that my experience of improv has always been that there's been a pretty even split in London between men and women. Which I just, I I think is so vital. Mm. Because, and this isn't to disrespect any improv groups that are all male, I'm like, oh, <laughs> even mm. before we've begun, it's like, yeah, really? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I guess, yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure what my point was, but I guess um, I've seen I've seen male improvisers, um, or I know and this is their default for a couple of people, um, who are just really giving an emotionally connected and authentic improvisers and I've seen uh, female improvisers um, who can reel off very fine detail about you know whatever the suggestion is you know if it's ancient Rome they'll have at their disposal all of these sorts of facts which seems to play against the stereotypical roles that um, that we're told are prevalent amongst children um, which is interesting to me, and yes. I, and I think um, for me, I certainly felt like I was, you know, raised in terms of liking dollies and things like that. I wouldn't necessarily. I'm an extremely emotionally intelligent person, to be honest. <laughs> um, like if if you're upset, I might need some clues. Um, um, but I find that I learn a lot from other improvisers who who I deem to. Um, uh, kind of transcend those uh, gender stereotypes um both male and female really and it i think oh my god i'm gonna say it uh, i think it makes me a better person (laughs) there i said it can i swear now if you don't yes fuck it (laughs) (laughs) well if we're not becoming better people then you know what ultimately is the point well yeah what is the point (laughs) It feels like some sort of Monty, Monty Python-esque song should come in here. Uh, you're gesturing like I've got one in my pocket. <laughs> well, if anyone has, I'm sure it must be <laughs> you. Oh, pressure, pressure. <laughs> I decline, sir. Thank you very much. Well, that's fine, because I have a thing about um, improvised uh, or improv, uh, recorded improv. I'm not really in favour right. of recorded improv. Right. Which is why you've gone down the interview route rather yes, than... Yes, yeah, because otherwise it would be a bit hypocritical. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I I don't know... It'd be interesting to see what country does the biggest proportion of it, because it seems to become becoming a big thing here in Britain. And I think it suits the Brits, because of all those scenes that we've seen where people are three feet apart and having a discussion about something. Um, and I mean, I I grew up listening to my dad's um, tapes of the Goons, you know, Spike Milligan and Peter Sellers and things like that. And I think you you can. It's totally feasible to do radio style um, improv yeah. um, and make it super interesting. But that shouldn't be the extent of all improv. No, you know? no, 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 no. And um, even there, people have the opportunity to be pushing pushing the boundaries a bit. I mean. Yeah. Um, involving like I don't know technicians to do sound of, to drop in <laughs> sound effects as suggestions and then going on I think all that sort of stuff is really interesting. Yes. Okay. 
I'm slightly revising my position. Oh, great. <laughs> that took no time at all. Oh, no, you made a valid point and oh, I've considered thanks. it. And I'm not sure I agree yet, but I shall certainly take it. Okay. And, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. I wish you could see Stuart's face at the mm. moment. He's yes, kind I'm... of got, got his pipe in his hand and yes. like his chin's all rumpled mm. and his yes. brow is furrowed. Yes, no, that's a... That's this a... is definitely a scene that's better seen on stage because you're <laughs> missing the 90% of body language that's going on, so... And that's the thing, isn't it? I think improv, more than anything else, taps into body language and you lose that when you record it. Yes. So am I backtracking? I think, I, no, I stand by my point. <laughs> have we just, just swapped positions yeah, without any That was awkward. <laughs> Nuts. See, I think it just shows that we can we can play a devil's advocate, maybe, effectively. Oh, I have an open mind on things. Have I'm you? prepared to be persuaded. Mm. There's some things. Yeah, you seem like a type of guy that would be open-minded. You know, there's, I, don't, I don't think I have all the answers. No, <laughs> I know. That's true of all of us, I'm sure. <laughs> well, some people think they have all well, the answers. Well, that's true. They don't tend to be improvisers, though. Mm. Oh, no, you name names. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, no, I don't think they do. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so let's, yeah, let's move on, shall we? Just in case we dob somebody in it now. <laughs> um, right. You mentioned uh, next year you're going to be doing theatre sports. Yes. What are theatre sports? Right. I have slightly limited knowledge, so this might be totally embarrassing. That's fine, because I, I really want, I want people's perspective on what the things are rather than necessarily the dictionary definition of what they are. Uh, I, um, yeah, I might even be struggling with that. <laughs> um, so this lovely lady called Faye um, has come back, um, what's it, the UAE she's come back from? Oh, I do apologise, I don't know where she's come back from. Somewhere over there, in foreign parts. <laughs> and um, she came back and she, for many years, has done theatre sports um, um, over um, over where she was. Um, oh my god, this is getting worse. Just commit uh, to it. Just... Commit to it, right. Yeah, uh, yeah it's definitely the Middle East somewhere. And um, she uh, came back and obviously wanted to continue this and found that really um, there wasn't very much going on. And I think this is because the they only grant one license ordinarily to her country or city or whatever. Um, and they had granted it to Spontaneity Shop. When you say um, they, you mean? I mean, oh, the powers that be. The fate, powers that be. Yeah, fate will be able to tell you. <laughs> there's, there's like an organisation, because theatre sports is like a worldwide thing. And anyway, so um, theatre sports is basically, um, Keith Johnson was kind of inspired when he went to a wrestling match. And he thought, well, why can't improv be that sort of spectacle? Um, where you have teams and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's basically what it is. Um, there are kind of, uh, it's a, a very kind of uh, formulaic uh, set of um, games to start off with. I mean, I think people have consequently adapted to them. Um, but the idea is that um, you know there are um, kind of many levels of matches from like the rookie one right up to the exhibition match. Um, you have these games and you know the, the teams basically challenge each other to say, you know, I want a scene about the Holocaust, <laughs> which obviously would be the one that I picked. Um, and, or ISIS, whichever came first. Um, and so, you know, and then they'll, and they, they do one and then the other team do one. And then there are three judges. So the audience can yell and shout and do whatever they like, but the judges make the decision about how the points go. Um, and it just it just sounds a lot of fun, and it is something very different, I think, from uh, what we're currently going on. Yeah. So it's not um, short form in the sense that it's all about making you laugh necessarily, but it is um, it isn't long form in the sense that you're building up a narrative of or following a you know a herald or something like that. You're um, you're doing scenes, and the scenes are self-contained. Um, and they're a reaction to a challenge, basically. And then at the end of the night, you get a score, um, and somebody wins and somebody loses. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out more about it because obviously yeah. I don't know enough. No, that sounds like quite um, a lot. So I've got my Christmas reading to do and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and then I think right, we're going to be monthly from February in Miller. 
um, doing doing that and having cool. showdowns. Wow. Um, I think it's about time, actually. Some of us have got beefs that we need to clear. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, maybe now. I mean, maybe yeah. the podcast is a good. Maybe place I should to... trash talk some of the other yeah. ones. Yeah. Why don't you trash talk well, some people? That's yeah, what it's all I about. Should... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Who um, are you going to take down first? Oh, I don't know. Like, um, <laughs> what you can't tell um, listeners is that I'm sitting here in a unitard, um, and uh, I'm you just have me in a headlock. Yeah. It's amazing you can speak as well as you can. Well, really. that's why I was coughing earlier. Ah. <laughs> oh, was, I'm sorry. Was it a bit the tight? The grip's a little tight. Yeah. You should have just. I not to say, it's just too polite, oh. just, too, just too English. Too, so. I told you I'm not emotionally intelligent, so if, if you can't breathe, I can't tell. You need to see. <laughs> so did you, did you say that the, um, so was it Spontaneity Shop that had the licence? They did, but they've granted a second one, which wow. I think is quite unusual. Yes. Um, so that we've got a second one because the first one's not actively being used, right, I don't okay. think, so... Um, so the, yeah, it's an unlicensed bout. Wow! So that's what <laughs> it's I really. Like a, yeah. Like a uh, flat fight club sort yeah, of it's about... bare knuckle improv. That would be something to behold. Um, well, yeah, it's it's like well, you're you're doing it in a room above a pub. It should be in the back street. It should be under a flyover. That's <laughs> yeah. where the real improv action's going on. <laughs> well, see, we might um, go across the car park across the road from the Miller and yeah, yeah, do it there. Yeah, you know. you know, take it outside. I Make, keep it real. It's, yeah. if it's if it's on a stage, then it's just you know artificial. I'll suggest that to you then. Yeah, if, and also yeah. if you can't get a venue, yeah, car parks are quite car parks. <laughs> yeah, I've got somewhere to park. So yeah, it's handy it's for true. the parking. Yeah, nobody can park without actually being an audience member as well. So yeah. we're going to have a ready-made audience. Yeah, so. um, you know, I've not really thought it through, but uh, you work on that idea. I I'm going to work on that idea. Yeah, no, because yeah. I've got lots of spare time. I can <laughs> devote to that sort of thing. <laughs> it's not wired. Yeah. You're a very, very busy and important man. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing with Fight Club. Yes. So I didn't watch it for ages because I thought oh, I don't really like fighting. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's probably a good good reason not to watch. Well, there it, was then. fighting in it, but it wasn't like fighting no. all the way through. <laughs> Have you read the book? No, I haven't Ch- read the book. No, it's a book by Chuck Palahniuk. And yes. um, the funny thing is that the the book. Is almost exactly the same really? as the film, and it's it's one of the only times that I've noticed this. Um, but he he writes in a cinematic style, right? I've read a few of his books, um, and so I, I you know, the screenwriter has an absolutely easiest job in the world. <laughs> Literally, just have to cut it up into dialogue and nine di- non dialogue, yeah. and it's all there for them, really, and maybe just add some, you know. Uh, photographics instructions about angles and whatnot <laughs> but honestly it's like a fucking easy job really it's, uh, it's no it's a great book um his books are great and um great film um because it's more about psychology isn't it yeah and psychology is my bag so yeah no it was it was a good it was a good film <laughs> it uh, was very good one. uh what's your favorite type of psychology well, I'm studying health psychology right. at the moment, doing my master's. What's that? Um, so health psychology is looking at psychological aspects to physical illness, and it can also be about prevention. So um, things like uh, uh, helping people give up smoking, um, improving their diet, um, encouraging them to do exercise. Those those are it's it's quite a new discipline as well. It's only about thirty years old, which in the scheme of sciences is very young. Um, so a lot of it is geared towards prevention and making sure people don't get ill. But some of it, the, the stuff that I'm interested in, is also about once you are ill, how the, your, the psychological factors can affect wh- whether you recover at all or um, the progress of your condition as well. Because, I mean, things like wound healing, they've found that psychological aspects affect how quickly um, a wound heals. Really? People, yeah. Wow. So there is there is this, a big connection that we haven't really got to the bottom of that is about your mind, your attitude, your perception of the world and the effect that it has on your body. Wow. Um, like things like, I mean, it can be quite serious effects as well. Like they've done a lot of work with cancer research now about survival rates and who survives and who doesn't. Yeah. And some of the differences are not necessarily... Um, 
straightforward in as much as it's to do with if you're pos- more positive you're more likely to survive cancer really? and, and it kind of is common sense in as much as if you're more positive you're more likely to take your medication at the right time yeah. you're more likely to eat well yeah. you're more likely to build social structures around yourself to help you cope with right, things yeah. um, and thereby reduce your stress and do your exercise and help your immune system and all your systems that are under attack from cancer and from the treatment of cancer so um yeah very very interesting stuff really um but i've got another year and two-thirds to do on that because <laughs> i'm doing it part-time so come come back to me again like theater sports don't know as much as i should know about it um but will do imminently yes hopefully. i've got a stats exam in january right can I get a little bit of sympathy, please? Yes, no, no that's it. Sorry. That, was my sympath- <laughs> that was a problem. That was my sympathetic face. Oh, was it? That was like, oh, see, again, emotional intelligence doesn't yes, tell no, me what this your is my, is This doing. is my sympathetic face. This is my, my yeah. listening. It's like, oh, right. Ja- yeah, okay. second week in January. So yeah. over Christmas, I'll be... <laughs> You'll be learning about be how learning to do. I can't. I can't look at you when you have that face that looks like. <laughs> I, it looks like I. It's much worse than a stats exam. <laughs> it's like I've got a really negative prog- prognosis or something, and you're the doctor trying to make me happy. <laughs> so that makes me That so just means I'm taking it, taking it very yes. seriously. Oh yeah, as you always do, Charles. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um... <laughs> So is there anything uh, we can do to help with No, the... see, that's the bad prognosis again. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> no, there's no pill I can take that can make me clever and pass my stats and film. It could be amazing. It's going to be amazing. You're going to oh, smash thank it. thank you. Thank you. See, that's the improv spirit. That's right. Yeah. You're going to power yeah, through. Yeah, can't improvise the stats exam. No, there are some things you should really prepare yeah, for. Yeah, I think I might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stuff got to be done that's the funny thing as well is that we all have like things that are not improv it's it's hard to believe isn't it i know well not steve Rowe. i think <laughs> i think steve Rowe just has improv doesn't he and um that permeates his whole life although he has done like marathons and all <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff he's not a guy to shy away from a challenge no um yeah there are some lucky folk who get to you know Breathe, drink, drink, improv, um, and the rest of us have to do other things as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm torn because on the one hand I think if I didn't have to go to work during the day I'd be a really good improviser in the nah. evening. I'd like be doing amazing nah. stuff. I'd have all this energy and yeah. it'd just be like pow. But I'm, I'm... always tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think um, firstly I think. Um, being tired adds a little something because <laughs> uh, I always rehearse after a, a day's work and um, I always think on on the way that I to rehearsal thinking oh god I'm so tired I can't do it yeah and then as soon as I start the first warm-up I'm like (laughs) (laughs) running around like a complete mad thing I don't even moderate it um so it's not tiring because it's exciting isn't it but the other thing is I think um and this differs from my experience of acting is that because the community is so diverse and has all of these experiences that are not improv um, their take on life and therefore what they put into improv scenes is different yes. from what you might find in another discipline. Yeah. So um, it's kind of fascinating. I think, and the other thing, the other thing that it reminds me of is that quite often I'll have known people years and years, and I'll still not know what their job is. Yes. Because um, unlike a lot of other social sort of events, it's not necessarily the first thing you yes. talk about. Yes. What you talk about is, oh, great, you know, you did that really yeah. great scene yeah. about Harry Potter and an elephant. And, yes. oh, well, that was wonderful. Um, and I really enjoyed, you know, when you put on that mask and you were blah, you know. Um, you don't automatically say, oh, no, I'm an accountant and I'm working on the Schrodinger um, account, you know. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Because, That's because a good you know, yeah. It, well, you close the box on it and it disappears. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit <laughs> and rubbish. <laughs> it was. It's good job we got me a headlock. I know. Otherwise. You're going to edit it that bit out, aren't no, you? No, I don't edit. Oh. <laughs> because failing is an important part of improv. It's true. I'm glad that I failed at least once in this <laughs> podcast. Although I do feel like I failed about three times in this podcast. You haven't failed? Oh. 
Thank that you. you failed. You're very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> or brought up failure quite a bit. Well, yeah, but it's fine to discuss failure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's... only before eleven o'clock though. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't want to go on about it too much. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, it's I think it's all it's something that we all um, you know have to deal with. Yeah. In case. Of course, of course we do, and we get you know better for it, don't we? Um, and I failed because it was something I was going to mention that you were talking about. And, um, is it the unitard that's putting you off? No, I no, I quite like that actually. I, I can uh, change into something better. Something less comfortable. <laughs> Could do. Put my jeans back on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yes. Uh, no blank. It's completely what gone were we talking about? We were talking rubbish anyway. <laughs> uh, we were talking about failure. We were talking about theatre sports. We were feeling, talking feeling about tired. Feeling tired and working. Yeah. And, oh, oh, and doing yes. experience and stuff like that. And then you were saying, yes, and you were making the point that I was thinking about the fact that if you only ever do improv, if you only have have improv as your experiences, mm. then what are you going to put into the scenes? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing I was going to say... Right. Because it was the, better be good. It's not that good, but I've remembered it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say it before I forget it. Because okay. if I keep doing this, I'm going to forget it again. That's going to be annoying. Um, it was no. Uh, it's just uh, yeah. What you were saying about not necessarily knowing, for example, what people's jobs are. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because in some ways you know people quite intimately. Yes. Without actually knowing yeah. any actual details about no. their real life. No. Because you'll see them play, you know, a really tender emotional scene or something yeah. like that. But you won't know yes. how they spend their day or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think it's it's topsy turvy in that respect because you can get to the nub of really what a person yes. is about. Yes. Um, because they're not having time to screen what they are yes. on stage, and um, it's it's very enlightening, I think. And yes. um, I don't think I've ever been in a class or uh, performed or any of this without. Liking everybody. Um, <laughs> See, that's funny. That comes up quite a lot. Yeah. Two or three people have, that I've interviewed have said that. Mm. And I always go, oh, no, there are some people I don't like. Right. <laughs> uh, that's just you, you know. It might just be me. <laughs> you just come come across the renegade ones. <laughs> um, I, well, it, it might be the endorphins talking, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you've got an endorphin <laughs> resilience. Yeah. And so the chemicals don't kick in the same way every time with you. Well, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah, still high from, <laughs> from the first time with Carrie Haddon. You're Steve. obviously doing yeah. improv right then, and I'm obviously <laughs> doing it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. It certainly keeps me happy. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm not, yeah, you've always been happy whenever I've seen you doing improv. Well, that's so because of your company. Can, oh, <laughs> you'll always be my Indiana <laughs> And you will always be my Marion. <laughs> <laughs> that was, we should perhaps explain what that. <laughs> oh, no, I think leave people <coughs> hanging. They can make between the lights. <laughs> 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 that was that was uh that was my very favorite i think that that has to be my very favorite bit of improv that i've ever done oh really yeah yeah I think you told me that before yeah yeah well it's think... more for the listeners that i'm telling oh, yeah. you yeah i presume oh, you read from the last time i, told I do you. i do remember yeah. from the last time you told me that yeah yeah mm. um and uh it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was... you're gonna start me <laughs> um, yeah, it was in, in, in Katie Shoots class, and yeah, it was my favourite exercise. I think it's probably my favourite exercise ever. Mm. And um, as I remember it, she said to everyone, "What to choose our favourite film?" Mm -hmm. And then the instruction was uh, because uh, with improvised singing, it wasn't uh, we weren't trying to do plot, mm -hmm. and because these films already existed, uh, the plot was already taken care of. But we had to take. Um, you know, various moments from mm. the film mm -hmm. and, uh, and seeing about the emotions yeah. from that. So, yeah. uh, yes, uh, we did raise the Lost Ark and... Uh, I do feel like I made you do... Because you sent it to me and I listened to it again. Yes. I do feel a bit guilty in as much as I think I let you do most of the work. <laughs> um, my contribution seemed to be going... <laughs> A lot as I was getting carried away in a basket. Uh, that was that was perfect for the role. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
you're, you're a true gentleman. Well, um, <laughs> but it turns out that secretly all I really wanted from life was to pretend to be Indiana Jones yeah, on stage. You did it very well. And thank you very much. Uh, you were a marvellous uh, Marion. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways that, that completed my life and now... Good. You know, I don't. I just. You've peaked. I peaked. I don't need to try anywhere else because oh, I just. Yeah, well, you know. Sorry about that. That's alright. We could do do Temple well, yeah, of Doom next. The Muppets Christmas Carol now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Okay. Cool. We'll work on that one. <laughs> right. I think. Is that us? I think that's our show. Oh, very good. That went very quickly. Did, didn't it? Yeah, yes. Quite painless. Yes. Well, I've. I, that, that's that's my aim. Oh, good. Yeah. It's a lack of pain. Oh, it's a lack of pain for you, but obviously I'm still, yeah. you know, in a headlock. Okay. Well, I'll let you go, maybe, in a minute. Okay. I, and then I can go and put some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yellow's my colour anyway. Oh dear! No, I, I, I am letting you go now. You're, you're very short of breath. I, and I am sufficiently emotionally intelligent to know that you have to breathe, to live. So there you go. Is that prepare? <laughs> yes. How many fingers? <laughs> no, you got me to do it too. That's horrible. We are snorters, everybody. It's official. Didn't realise that I did that. Just. <laughs> Start doing the podcast. I'm sorry. Every time you've snorted, you've snorted with others. I didn't promise that you were the only person I was going to snort with. Oh I didn't God. make that promise. It. If I'd oh made that God. promise, no, you just made assumptions there. I feel violated. Oh, I thought I was your only snorting partner. <laughs> <laughs> You're my favourite snorting partner. Oh, until next time, <laughs> he says. Yeah, what ifs? <laughs> Rub. <laughs> Obs. <laughs> uh, keep it together, man. <laughs> <coughs> You'll never be David Frost, you know. <laughs> uh, no. You <laughs> <laughs> we say goodbye? <laughs> Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to put some clothes on now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I made this. Because I'm a avid student of podcasting, I've been uh, watching a course on how to produce professional podcasts uh, on lynda.com. You may not have seen an Im- immediate, you may not have seen an immediate improvement Improvement. You may not. <laughs> you may not have seen an improvement. <laughs> follow us, please. Follow us. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Improv London, and do also search for uh, Improv London on iTunes and do leave us a review. <laughs> Sorry, this is less a podcast and more a cry for help. That's improv!